The left wants unity. The right stormed the Capitol buildings. And what does the future look like for America after Donald Trump leaves the White House? Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's a new year. It's 2021. And as much as things have changed, as much as things have gotten a lot worse in many senses since we last spoke, they very much remain the same when you understand the underlying principles. I wish I could come back to you today and, you know, ease into it. You know the way, you know, when you've been off work for a while, you, you sort of walk into work at 9 a.m. and kind of go, oh, just kind of read the paper or check my emails or, you know, delete a load of emails and just sort of ease back into things. Today, I don't have that luxury with you. Today, I need to talk to you about a lot of serious things. And today I'm going to divide the show into three sections. Because I want to address different things. I want to address the left. I want to address the right. And what I want to do most of all today is I want to talk to you about the future. Because I see a lot of people who are tired, who are hurt, who are quite frankly pissed off. But we need to stop and just take count of where we are and reassess where you're going. And to really spend time delving into those. So where should we start? The best place to start is with the left. I'm recording this show on Friday morning. And unless there's a miracle of biblical proportions, Joe Biden will be the 46th president of the United States. We already know that Nancy Pelosi is going to be the next speaker of the House. Yay! Because it always works out so well. She does such a, oh, oh, just amazing job. She's just a, she's just wonderful. You know, every woman just wants to be Nancy Pelosi. And as much as that news excites you, Chuck Schumer is going to be the, the, you know, the, the head of the Senate. Yay! So for the next two years, you're going to have a Democratic president, barring a miracle. You're going to have a Democratic House. You're going to have a Democratic Senate. And what you're starting to hear from Joe Biden, and you're going to start hearing more and more as things start taking place, and as Joe Biden is sworn in on the 20th, and I think around the 22nd is the deadline for the two Georgian senators to come up and take their place in the Senate, is you're going to start hearing calls for unity. Oh, we all just need to unite. You see, America, Donald Trump was so divisive. What we need now is we just need to unite. We just need to all come together as one big happy family and we'll sing Kumbaya and everything will be awesome. Really? Is this the narrative we're going with? Is this the narrative that we're going with that's in 2021? After what you've done for the last four years, 
But let's actually just take a step back and let's ask ourselves some questions. Let's, you know, let's not just dismiss unity totally out of the window, shall we? Let's actually just give this, you know, let's give this a hearing, shall we? Why would we unite? Let's ask a question to our left, to our friends on the left. Have your actions over the last two, four, six, eight, ten, twenty years, does they do they deserve the reward of unity? You know, it's easy to focus in on the last four years of Russia, 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 golden showers. He's so evil. He's a despot. He's a warmonger. Didn't start any wars. That kind of hurts the nerve. Oh, but he, he, he's a better Putin. Where's the evidence? Oh, but Russia, 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 Russia. The steel dossier. Does that actions deserve unity? But even this is going so much back further. Remember Joe Biden, or not Joe Biden, jeez. Remember Mitt Romney? We're going to talk about him later on in the show. When I talk about the right. Remember Mitt Romney? Remember, oh, he's such an evil despot. Oh, he, he has binders on women. Oh my God. He, he, he puts literally dogs on the roofs of the car. Oh my God. Do you remember all those videos in 2012? What was it? That was the venture capitalist company he worked for. And, oh, my person, my friend, or my husband, I can't remember who it was because they did so many of them, but they died because he came in and just ripped this company apart. He's such an evil man. Remember John McCain? Remember what they did to Sarah Palin? Remember what they did to George Bush? Do your actions over the last four, six, eight, ten, twenty years, do they deserve unity? You look at what they have done. Donald Trump, whether you like him or not, this is just fact. In their eyes, was illegitimate. George Bush was illegitimate. George Bush Jr. The last two Republican presidents of the 21st century have been illegitimate. And now all of a sudden, your guy won. And you want unity? Is that how it works? But then the question comes back to, okay, let's just say unity is a good thing. Let's say it's a good principle that we should all strive for. Unity, we all want to be united. Okay, around what? Around whom? Joe Biden? Are you serious? The guy who has been in uh, D.C. for what, 40-something years that feels like 400 years? He literally feels like the person who was there before the Founding Fathers. He's been around forever. You want me to unite around him? You want me to unite around Mr. Sniffer? Really? Oh, well, you know, John, we all know the secret. Joe Biden's only a transitional president. We all know it's going to be President Camilla. Oh, you want me to unite around her? Hmm. Okay. Let's think about that. Oh, no, we don't want you to unite around the presidency. We want you to unite around the cause. Okay, what's the cause? The Green New Deal. As I'm recording this show on Friday, it marks the anniversary of Lyndon Johnson's War on Poverty. Hmm. Let's unite around that, shall we? Except that hasn't made things any better. All those plans, all those grandiose plans from D.C., they never seem to work really well, do they? You know, the old adage is, the more the plans fail, the more the planners plan. Hmm. That seems to be very true right about now, doesn't it? But okay, we don't want to unite around an idea or we don't want you to unite around the person. What do we want you to unite around? Oh, well, we just don't like Trump. Okay. Does that last long? So Donald Trump is gone on January 20th. And let's say he just rides into the sunset 
I don't think he will. But let's just say play a game. Let's say he rides around the sunset. What do you want to unite around then when Donald Trump is no longer around? We have to unite for something. And you see, this is the problem. What I have with my friends on the left who want unity right now. Honest question. If you know one thing about me, why the hell would I unite around you? Honest question. Why? What is it in it for me? If you know anything about me, why would I be interested in uniting around you? Let's look at who you are, shall we? You deny him. You deny basic science. Oh, yes, I did. I went there. Look at what you're talking about now. You're literally turning on one of your own members, Tulsi Gabbard, for daring to say a woman is a woman when it comes to sports. The idea that any person who is, forget science, any common sense, objects to that bill shows you you're a moron. And I have facts to prove that. Maybe I'll do a show on that another time. But the idea that in my industry, where I'm a powerlifter, I've been injured for several months because I've been sick and I haven't been able to train. If I turn up into a competition tomorrow because I say, hey guys, I'm no longer Jonathan. You got to call me Joanna because I'm going through the change and I'm now a woman and you got to respect me. And I enter a competition against women without training in three months. I win. And I guarantee you that's on an Irish level. I guarantee you the numbers will be pretty similar. Maybe there's some girl in America who'd outlift me. But maybe I come second or maybe I come third. I haven't trained in three months. Do you think that's fair? Do you think that's logical? Oh, or do you care about the war on women anymore? You deny basic common sense. You deny science. You're the science deniers today. You deny basic truth. Look at what your politicians and your media have done for the last four, six, eight, ten, twenty years. You've denied basic truth. You've repeated the great lie over and over again until it becomes just accepted that this lie has all of a sudden become truth. You, you deny basic truth. A man's a man and a woman's a woman. That both are absolutely critical to society. You, you talk about, you deny truth in the sense of who people really are. You deny individualism. You deny everything I believe in. You deny history. You laud and you give all these awards to people who talk about the 1619 Project like it is based on anything, based on fact. Where the truth is, it is based on a lie. But most importantly, why, why would I ever unite with people who seek to control people? Where the only people who believe in choice is when it comes to murdering babies. But everything else, it's up to, no, no, you got to be controlled. Whether it's by the presidency, whether it's by Congress, whether it's by the state, you have to be controlled because you are subject. Why, oh why, would I ever unite with you? Now, if you change principles, we can talk about uniting. But I can't talk for anybody else. I can only talk for me. You want to know what I'll unite around? I'll unite around him. I'll reunite around the Constitution. I will unite around the Declaration of Independence. That's it. Or if I may make it simply, more a lot more simple, because you're going to go, well, John, what's in those that you like? I'll unite around one principle. Leave people the hell alone. That the individual is sovereign. That they are free to control their destiny. They are free to pursue their happiness.
and that nobody, whether it's an individual, whether it's a, a state, whether it's a government, whether it's a country, has the right to come in and say, no, you can't. That's what I'll unite around. So that's to my friends on the left. But just on a side note, because I'm in this industry, quote unquote, when I look at my colleagues on the left and the media, why would I ever, ever unite around you? Look at what you've done. You have ruined an industry. An industry that before I got into it 10 years ago, 12 years ago, had no credibility. I never thought it could get any worse, but by God, you have made it worse. You have repeated lie after lie. You are outright hostile to anyone who dares have a different little opinion. You keep poking and prodding people. You keep pushing them into corners. Why would I unite around that? That goes against the very values that I hold dear in Christianity. I don't believe in punishing people. I don't believe in social justice. I don't believe in gotcha. I don't believe in, haha, I got you on Twitter. Or I got you. I don't believe in that. Why would I ever unite around people in the media? That's the left. Now let's talk about the right. on the left one very important question to anyone who knows me personally I try not make this show about me I try and make it about principles but I've tried to escape everything you want to unite around for 17 years honest question why would I go through that 17 years yes the baseball's out of trying to escape it only to move to a country that then wants to promote those principles not a chance in hell now to my friends on the right This year I'm going to be a lot more blunt. I'm going to change what I say. Not what I say, how I say it. Because before I've always tried to be the nice guy to, to try and make things about principles. But this year there's going to be a lot more emotion because things, the stakes have been upped. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment about the future. To my friends on the right. Who are you? And what are you becoming? And more importantly, what exactly are you striving for? We're going to come back to those questions in a few minutes. But I asked them in advance of what I'm about to say. I watched on in horror Wednesday night at what you did to your country. And I watched on as bad as those protests were and as I was watching the videos watching a complete and utter breakdown of the country I love what annoyed me just as much was the reaction from some people on the right in the media what happened on Wednesday is nothing short of a disgrace it is disgusting, it is vile, and it is wrong. And anyone with any ounce of credibility should demand 
justice for everyone that was involved. But I want to ask you some questions about that protest. And I want to be very crystal clear. I'm not talking about the protest and the rally that had people like Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump speak about. I'm speaking just about what happened on Capitol Hill. Who looks at that? What moderate, what independent, what person who maybe voted for Donald Trump in 2016 but didn't in 2020 for whatever reason looks at that and kind of go, gee, you know what, maybe I did vote the wrong way. Or maybe to the people who didn't vote, who were maybe kicking themselves, kind of going, gee, you know what, I just didn't vote because I didn't count, think about it, but gee, I wish I had voted for Donald Trump or the Republican. Who looks at that video and kind of goes, yeah, that's, uh, gee, I wish I voted for them. That's exactly who I am. But also, more strongly, the thing that annoys me is the injustice. The thing that annoys me is that it's wrong. But the thing that annoys me maybe most is how much damage those people have done to the movement. Because for the last... And this isn't about Donald Trump, by the way. Because everyone will focus in on just, oh, I've got the last four years in my eyes, the last four years, the last four years. This is going on a lot longer. This is going back to the Tea Party days. Where the Tea Party, and I know because I was part of it, I spoke at one of their rallies. Where they would go to DC and they would make a principal case for some issue. For the abolish the IRS rally, which is what I spoke at. Or whether it was for the Constitution or whether it was for limited government. These people were kind. They were decent. They would have their American flag. They'd have the Gadsden flag. They would go to Capitol Hill. They would make their case. They would petition their government. And then they would leave and the mall would be as clean as it was before they got there. If not cleaner. These people were good, honest people. I've been around them. I've spoken at their groups. I spoke on DC. I spoke where those people rioted on Wednesday. And I saw the media coverage in real time where they were promoting, oh, here they are. Oh, these are dangerous. These are anarchists. And oh, these people are so bad and they're so dangerous. And we better never let them get control of America. And they would taint you. And they would brush you with the same targ on, oh, these are all dangerous people. They would have all these people going, oh, I wonder if they're carrying guns. If they're, Oh, they could be dangerous. Oh, this is a mass shooting just waiting to happen. Yet anytime those rallies happened, no danger. No one got shot. There was no issues with the police. They were peaceful protests. You petitioned your government, which is a constitutional First Amendment right. But they tarnished you with the brush. And every time people who were involved in the Tea Party would go and make sure that never happened. People like Glenn Beck would do rallies with the Tea Party and outside the Tea Party. Trying to make the case. And all the media would ever do was try and taint, tarnish you as, oh, you're just a bunch of racist homophobes or you're anti-woman. And you would prove by your narrative that it wasn't true. Yet Wednesday, you gave the media the ammunition they deserve. You gave the media everything that they want. That they now have a bat. And they now have video evidence. That any time you step out of line, oh, that's who you are. Of all the times to not do that, it was now. 
You have a Democratic House, Senate, and a Democratic President. You are going to need to petition your government and protest your government in the constitutional, legal, peaceful way more now than ever. And what have you done? You have given them ammunition to say, that's who they are. If there is a new Tea Party, if there is new rallies on DC on the Mall, everyone's going to go, that's who they are. You idiots. You morons. Congratulations. Anything that happens for the next four years that you can't change, just know if you were there at Capitol Hill, you have played a key part in not being able to fight it. Because you have hurt the credibility of the right. Because your impatience, your emotions boiled over. And you broke the law. Great job. But more than that. We need to make sure everyone knows what we stand for. Because it's about the Constitution. I'll unite around the Constitution all day long. There is a clear line between a protest and a riot. I don't care whether you're BLM, whether you're the Trump supporter, whether you're at whatever group you are, whether you're abolishing the IRS or whether you're for Planned Parenthood. I will defend your right to petition your government in a state level or a federal level to go and say, we have this opinion. You may not like the opinion. I may fundamentally oppose your opinion. When it comes to Planned Parenthood, I may fundamentally despise with my very being your opinion. But I will be the first person to go, if they're peaceful and they're just protesting their government, they have that right. What you do not have a right is to destroy private property. What you do not have a right to do is go on the Senate floor and get on public property. Oh, well, but John, we own that property. Yeah, you own it along with 330 other million people. Or ever, whatever your population is these days. It is public property. Do you think people have the right to care for your lives? And those people on the right who are like, oh, well, you know, I don't really have a problem with this. I wonder would your opinion be the exact same if that was BLM? If that was Antifa doing that? Would you be like, I don't have a problem with it? That's why I asked you at the start of this. Who are you? What are you striving to be? And who do you want to become? Do you want to become everything you despise? Everything you have rightfully spoke out about for the last couple of years? Where cities have been burning. And all the media going, oh, well, this is a peaceful protest. There's cars burning in the background. And people have called it out rightfully so. Are you now going to defend that? But also, the lack of facts... The people online who were watching this going, oh, false flag, that was all Antifa. There's no Trump supporter ever do that. The, the, there's no Trump supporter who wouldn't be over, uh, willing to overthrow the government? Are you serious? There's not one. There's not ten. There's not a hundred. This idea that all Trump supporters are all the same. This is what you fought against for the last four years. This is what you fought against the media. That all Donald Trump supporters are not the same. Look at who he's polled from. Even this election, which he, which it looks like he's lost. Let's not get into that right now. But look at all the people, who, you know, all the different Caucasians and not non-white people that voted for him. Where all the Democrats are going to go, oh, uh, we might, you know, what they should be saying is we've taken people for granted. But what they're really saying is, oh, you know, it's just, oh, it's just these people are becoming too white and too different. Oh, they're just becoming harmonized. And that's not a good thing.
Look at all the excuses that's come out from 2020. All Donald Trump's base is very different. You can love Donald Trump. You can hate Donald Trump. His base is not a traditional base. You want to put everyone the same? But also, why is it always so easy for everyone in politics to go, something happens, it's their problem. How about taking responsibility? How about looking at and kind of going, this is really bad. This is not good. Even if it is 50% Antifa and 50% Donald Trump supporters, and that's me being generous. It's not a good thing. But then that leads me on to my next point. Because I want to start talking to you about the future. I'm going to start talking to you about a debate that's going to start happening. Because as January 20 approaches, unless a miracle happens, Donald Trump is leaving office. And Joe Biden's getting sworn in. And you're going to start seeing this debate. I've seen it start to happen in certain places. In certain media outlets. And it's going to start becoming more and more. Where does that energy that Donald Trump galvanized, where does that go? And where do you want to go forward? And this is part of the debate I've heard. Well, we can't go back to the bad old days where Mitt Romney and, and John McCain were the nice guys. First off, on a historical point, the idea that John McCain was nice is, is to be honest with you, as someone who's been around D.C., is completely laughable. He was not a friendly guy towards conservatives. So this, if that's your narrative, you're basing it on a, on a, house, of car, on a house of sand. It will collapse. But let's just take it that it's true. The debate is going to be on the right between, well, what we have is, you know, the traditional nice guy Republicans, you know, the milk toast, Mitt Romney's, John McCain's, or do we want another Donald Trump, a fighter? If they're your two choices, I urge you to consider choosing neither. There is a third option. This is the great right-wing media lie that they're going to start perpetrating over the next, I don't know, week, month, year, as we approach 2024. Who's the, you know, who's the standard bearer? You're even running polls about who you want to run in 2024. Please, let's not talk about personalities. Let's start talking about principles. Let's start talking about not who you want to unite around, but what ideas you want to unite around. There is a third option. Do you know what your country really needs right now? Your country needs George Washington. Your country needs Calvin Coolidge. Your country needs the leadership of people like Jesus, Gandhi, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks. You see, this option of you got to be the nice guy like John McCain, that's garbage. You need to be the, the nice guy that wants to be accepted by everyone like Mitt Romney. Except he never wants to be accepted by conservatives. It's always ironic where we talk about these galvanizing figures who just want to be accepted by everyone. But it's never who wants to be accepted by the conservatives. Who actually believe in the constitution. Who actually believe in the rule of law. You want to galvanize around people? How about we stop this cult of personality crap? Which it is. Your country was never based on a cult of personality and if you think it was i would ask you one question prove it to me who was the cult of personality that america wrapped around yes i talk about this country been built on the principles and the morality of built on the bows of moses and jesus but very much based on george washington but you can't just have America with George Washington. It wasn't just built around him. It was built around his silence, his humility, his leadership, his character. 
But you can't have America just with that. Because with just George Washington, you don't have Thomas Jefferson. And you don't have what I call the single greatest document that has ever been written by man in the Declaration of Independence. But even if you take Thomas Jefferson away from that, you need George Mason. Because George Mason heavily inspired that document. You need John Adams, who was also on the committee. But even then, if you sort of go, well, okay, well, it was Washington and Jefferson. But then you don't have the Constitution because you don't have Madison. Then you, but okay, well, okay, well, then it's Madison and it's Jefferson and it's Washington. We're all built around that cult of personality. But then did you read about the exploits of Benjamin Franklin? About what he did? About how he was overseas making the case? About how he was whining and dining in France before the French Navy got involved? Oh, well then, okay, well then we need Washington, Jefferson, Madison and Franklin. Okay, well what about Adams? Adams played a key role. He was the first person in Holland to get people to recognize American sovereign credit. Okay, well then we need Washington, Jefferson, Madison, Franklin and Adams. Well, who its cult of personality was it built around? Because there were so many more. What about Thomas Paine? He wrote the American Crisis. He changed that Revolutionary War when all the American soldiers were down, kind of going, gee, it sucks right now. And then he wrote those inspirational words about being a sunshine patriot and a winter soldier. Oh, okay, John, well, then we need Washington, Jefferson, Adams, Madison, Paine, Franklin. Oh, well, what about, you know, Patrick Henry? Give me liberty or give me death. All those inspirational speeches he gave. All those great words. Okay, well, we need him as well. You see, America was never built around a personality. It was built around an idea that everyone played their key role in. The Declaration of Independence. All men are created equal. All men are created equal. Endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. You need Washington's humility. Where they signed, we pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. But you also need to understand that the reason that revolution happened, the reason that it was successful, it wasn't because of any of those men I spoke about. They played an absolute critical role. But there was a lot of groundwork that started before it. It started at a pulpit. And it started with the Mayflower. It started with your pilgrims. It started with the first Thanksgiving. It started with their bravery. Those hundred souls leaving England, leaving over England, going, we need freedom of religion, we need freedom of expression, and jumping on the Mayflower and getting to America. What about them? Your nation was never built on personalities. Your nation was built on principles. So I ask you again, who are you? And what are you striving to become? Because what you gaze upon, you become. If you want to keep going down this cult of personality... It might work for four years. It might work for eight years. But then what? You need a new cult of personality. You need a new leader. How about uniting around something that is fundamentally true, that is consistent, that has been true for 240 years, and it will be true in 240 years from tomorrow? It is true because they are fundamentally principles of nature's law and nature's God. That's what I'll unite around. What will you unite around? the last few minutes we have today talking to you about the future if you said to me right now okay john look where america is right now democratic house democratic senate and a democratic president and you're like i really need you to give me some positivity john i need you to give me some hope 
I need you just to, I don't care what it is. Just just give me one positive thing that can be taken from this. I actually do have one positivity thing. And it's consistent with who I am. It's not like a, hey, far right field. Like, oh my God, you got to go. You got to look. You know those things when people like want to give you hope and you're like, you got to squint really good. And you're like, oh, oh, oh that, oh, that little microscope. Yeah, that's your positivity of hope. No, I actually got something really big for you. This needs to be a moment of inflection for the right. You need to do some serious thinking as individuals, as groups, as society. Who are you and who do you want to become? Because here's the bit of hope that you have. That you're looking at DC right now and looking about what's going to happen. The answer to what's going to happen is a founding principle. It is hopefully what the right rediscover again. What am I talking about? Federalism and the Tenth Amendment. If ever that you needed a constitutional principle. And this is why for the last four years people said, oh, you're never Trump. Oh, you're blinded by your hatred of Donald Trump. Oh, can you not just get on the train? Look how bad Hillary was when I was talking about the Constitution. Because when the Constitution is ever valuable, to the right it's always when the left are in power. It tends to get cast aside when the right are in power. Because they don't have to worry. They don't have to kind of go, well, he's not going to violate, or they're not going to violate the Constitution that much. Oh, well, you know, the GOP are in, have the House and the Senate. They'll be the safeguards. The Constitution is not valid when you think the opposite side have power. The Constitution is valid all the time. That is why your founders were so smart to go, hey, all legislative power is in Congress. Article 1, Section 8, you have 18 clauses. That is all DC can do. The presidency has no real power. All the power is left to the states. You want to know where the hope is? You better hope that you have governors, that you have mayors, that you have state senators and state reps who find federalism again. That you understand and that you start encouraging your state senators to stand up and unite and say to D.C., whether it's Trump in power, whether it's Biden in power, whether it's the left have the House or the Senate or the right have it, that D.C., you need to understand your role. We don't serve at your pleasure. You serve at ours. And when it comes to issue X, whatever that is, we don't need you. We don't want you. Now get out of our business. You want to know what needs to happen in America? That is it. States need to start taking control for their states. And the federal government has 18 clauses of power. That's it. You want to know what you need to change going forward? If I may get political for a second. Your problem in 2020 highlighted how unconstitutional your country has become. Because if you look at the media coverage on all sides, whether it was left or right, whether it was local or national, what, 95% of it was about Donald Trump? Oh, Donald Trump needs to be president. Oh, Donald Trump needs to be removed from office. That was 95% of the debate. What, 3 or 4% maybe for the, the state and the Senate and the House? Oh, well, we need them in the House. We need them in the Senate. They're good people. And in the scraps, the crumbs, you know, the airtime, they were like, oh, we need a bit of filler time. Oh, well, there's this local state rep who might do a good job. That needs to flip. Yes, the presidency is important. It's absolutely critical you follow the Constitution. But you need to start getting more involved in state politics because that is where the power is in the Constitution. The state house, the state senate, the governor's race, the mayoral races of these different towns, that is where the power is. And it changes from state to state beyond the state constitution. 
It might be more in the governor. It might be more in the House or the Senate. I'm not an expert on individual constitutions of states. But when it comes to D.C., you need to start uniting around the idea that D.C., it's not your job. And I don't care who owns power. It is not your job. But also, the other positive things, maybe we can get some traction on some movements that were very popular before Donald Trump. Remember Article 5, Convention of the States? Remember how we all united, around, or a lot of us united around that idea? Obviously, there were some detractors. That's cool. People have different opinions. Article 5, maybe that all of a sudden becomes a big hope again. Where you actually have a convention of states, where states understand their role once again. Where federalism and the 10th Amendment can once again be inspired. Maybe we start talking about term limits. Uh, balanced budget amendments. I don't know what comes from this. This is up to you guys and girls. What you want to become. What do you strive for? That is the positivity of it. But when you're boiling all these questions down, I want you to take a step back. Because what you need to understand about your federal government right now is, it's in a really, really bad place. Oh, John, no, 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 no. You, you say? I never heard you say that before. <laughs> I've never been a fan of your federal government. I love America because of the idea, because of your history, because of your people. I despise your federal government. That was true when Trump was president, or when Obama was president, when Bush was president. Your D.C. has major problems. And what you're going to start seeing now is the potential for the Harrises, the AOCs, the squads of the world to push their agenda. To start pushing really bad stuff. And it's critical we call out what it is. Some of their ideas are flat out of the Marxist playbook. And yes, there's a fundamental difference between Marxism and communism. One is an ideology, one has actually taken place and murdered millions of people. You're starting to see the groundwork for real evil. You're starting to see it where you see there is no limits on power. You're starting to see in countries like Ireland, in Europe, with all these lockdowns. Where the government can say for your own safety, you can't go more than five kilometers from your house. You have to wear this, you have to wear that. This business is essential, this business isn't. You can't see your loved one in a nursing home because it's too dangerous. You're starting to see government grow. When you can see government doing all these things around the world, who's to stop it? Who's going to say enough? America has been always that answer. And not America, the country, America, the idea. You look around the world at the Hong Kong protests. While America's been dealing with coronavirus, they've just been wiped out. Hong Kong is now pretty much officially, it's unofficially, but officially it's lost to China. Congratulations. China's won again. Who is going to stand up? But the who is not the really important question. The question is, what is going to defeat this real evil? We are seeing the axis of evil, this, the modern day axis of evil, getting a lot of power. There's reports now that says China is going to be the biggest, the world's biggest economy by 2027 or 2028. Can't remember which year it was. You're starting to see Russia gain more and more influence. Russia's going to go through major changes if all the reports about Putin are right, but we'll see what happens. You're starting to see Iran. You're starting to see North Korea. What's the answer to all this evil? 
Who you want to be going forward is going to define the answer to that question. Because what there will be, will there be all these people who will say, well, what we need, and I'll use a historical example in America's terms. What you're going to see is, well, what we need to do is just accept who they are. You're going to see all these grandiose plans from Republicans or Democrats or, or a combination of both the Mitt Romney types who are saying, you know what we need? We need a modern day detente. That's how we solve the problems in America. Oh, we need, that's how we solve the problems overseas. We need to taunt. We just need to accept, you know, a more benign, you know, benevolence type of, you know, democratic socialism or national socialism or whatever type of socialism it is. We just need to accept it. And, you know, if we leave them alone, they'll leave us alone. Doesn't work out that way. That's not what defeats real evil. And if you need a history lesson, the taunt fails. The taunt is a joke. Detente will never defeat real evil, and that's what we're seeing right now. Do you know what defeats real evil? Real goodness. It needs people to sacrifice. It needs people to understand, you know what, I don't care about winning and losing. I really don't, because the game is much more bigger than a win or a loss. It's not about wins and losses, it's about playing the game the right way, doing the right thing. It's why your founders said honor was sacred. They didn't place their, their, their sacred lives together. They didn't place their sacred fortunes together. They placed their sacred honor. And this revisionist history that people love to talk about, that the founding was somewhat easy. Read the history of your founding. It was bloody hard. There's a reason it took 11 years between declaring your independence and getting to the Constitution. 11 long years. And spoiler alert, it wasn't an 11-year-long war. The war was over in, in relative terms relatively quickly. But even the founders who signed the Declaration of Independence, they didn't win. There was a lot of them who lost. They had their lands plundered, their names destroyed, they were murdered. They had their wives, sisters, aunts raped, murdered, assaulted. What did winning look like for them? But they did it anyway. But, oh, that's John, that's all American history. The world is different now. Okay. What did winning look like for people in World War II who stormed the beaches of Normandy? The people who lost their lives. What did winning look like for them? They didn't get to come home. Yet we salute them as the greatest generation anyway. Because maybe winning isn't always the best motive. It's about winning and doing the right thing. But being prepared that if you do lose, you lose doing the right thing. Those people who stormed the beaches of Normandy weren't thinking about, well, gee, I hope we win the war. They were saying, no, I want to do the right thing. We need to be inspired by them. We need to follow in their footsteps. But that is the question you need to ask yourself. What defeats real evil? Is it the toast Mitt Romney's John McCain's, the Republican Party? Or is it real principles? Is it having the balls, having the guts, having the courage to stand up and go, sir, madam, there is a line and you better not cross it. And it was DC is concerned they have crossed it a long time ago. And it's time to understand that if you believe, like I do, that the real evil we're about to face has only one solution and that is real goodness and doing the right thing. The first step to the future is to understand the past. The first step is to understand something. And that is to admit your problems, to admit your failures. 
it's time to understand that both sides in DC are the problem. If you believe in the Constitution, it's time to say, admit the problem. That it's not just Democrats. Oh, it's easy to blame Democrats. It's easy to blame Nancy Pelosi. Look, I do it as well. It's easy to blame Chuck Schumer. But Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, Paul Ryan, John Boehner, they're just as much at fault. Look at the presidencies. Donald Trump, Barack Obama, George Bush. Who's the last president that inspired people to say, you know what, the federal government and my, my role as presidency has no power. And we're just going to do things the right way. I dare say the last president was Coolidge. You need to start admitting the problems. You can still say I voted for them fine because they were the lesser of two evils. I'm not saying who you should and shouldn't vote for. But you have to start understanding that not everyone is perfect. This cult of personality going, oh, well, they're the best. Oh, they were amazing. They were great. Yeah, you can say they're great and that you like them. But you can also admit their flaws. Because the problem in D.C. is not a one-sided problem. The First Amendment's on hanging on by a, a thread. The Second Amendment is hanging on by a thread. The Fourth Amendment has been destroyed single-handedly by the right. When was the last time you saw someone on the right, usually as Rand Paul, giving up a filibuster speech or talking about it and talking, saying, hey, get a warrant. Now we don't even have that debate. It's just accepted. Oh, well, NSA spying, just, it's just part of life. It's the cost of living in America. But also understanding... That all three branches of government, Article 1, 2, 3, are part of the problem. But also what's part of the problem is the states. Because the state and federalism is the final check on D.C. That idea of America is built around the state. You're the United States of America. And what's supposed to happen is when D.C. steps out of line, the state goes, no. It's also time to admit the problem is the states. The states have become too easygoing. The states have become too, ah, no, that's D.C. The states have become too, well, you know what? That's just the way life is. That, you know, when the Supreme Court rules a certain way, we just have to accept it. No. What you need to start doing is telling your governors to start passing laws, or to the state house and to the state senate, passing these laws and the governor to sign it, and say, we won't do X, we won't do Y, this is a clear violation of the Constitution. And if D.C. gets involved, or the Supreme Court gets involved, I don't care. I don't care. I follow the Constitution of the United States, and if you want to arrest me, arrest me. But I'll be damned if D.C. or some court is going to come into my state, which my people have elected me for, and tell me how to run my state. That is what America is built on. Or maybe I'm all wrong. Maybe we just need another Donald Trump presidency for four years. Or fill in the blank. Maybe it's someone else. I don't know. Because we can all unite. You know, it's 2020 and Joe Biden's president. Maybe we all need to unite around Nikki Haley or Ted Cruz or Mike Lee or Thomas Massey or Rand Paul. Ever who it is. Maybe that's all we need. Maybe that's all we just need to unite around someone. What do you say? But also on that level. One of the things that has frustrated me most over the last four years and this is not donald trump's fault but has frustrated me with some of his supporters is how we've spoken about the swamp but yes we have defended some politicians that historically we don't like the last question i'd ask you to think about today is what is the role of the gop is the gop on your side 
Is it? Is the GOP on your side? What's it worth? What does it stand for? Is the GOP the party of Abraham Lincoln anymore? Is it the party of Ronald Reagan? Is this what you signed up for? Do you look at what the GOP says and does now and kind of go, yeah, that's that's me. That's that's exactly what I strive to be like. Or do you kind of understand that maybe they're part of the problem? And I know what people will say when they hear this kind of, well, what are you saying? We all should leave the GOP. I'm not saying you should do anything. I'm only asking you questions. The answer for some of you will say, I need to stay. The answer and change it from within. The answer for some others will leave. I'm here to ask you questions. But maybe it's time to understand because I know a lot of people say, well, if we all leave, we get crushed. And it's just going to give democratic rule. Maybe. Or maybe not. For those who want a bit brief history, what I'd say is read the history of the Republican Party and how quickly it went from being nothing to having a president. And that president was Abraham Lincoln. It doesn't automatically have to be a big grind. There's a lot of Americans who are striving for a different way forward, who don't agree with the radical left, but also are very uncomfortable with how the right, when I say the right, I mean Republicans and Donald Trump have acted over the last four years. Maybe we start talking about those principles, where we start talking about the Constitution again. I'm going to finish up with two questions I got this week. That are very hard to answer. But I want to share them with you because they're always popular questions. First one is easy to answer. John, you see what's going on in America this week. You see these elections. You see what everyone's doing. You see them storming the Capitol. Do you still want to come over here? If I could flick my fingers like that and I was there, I'd be there. When you go into trouble, I'm not a sunshine patriot. I'm a winter soldier. When you go through really bad times, that's not a time I kind of go, gee, I'm glad I'm not in America right now. I actually want to be there more than ever before. And the minute travel opens up between our countries, I will be there. And I ain't leaving until y'all kick me out or I run out of money, whichever happens first. You cannot, cannot go down to the ash bin of history. You cannot become just another country. Your ideas need to be fought for now more than ever before. But the second question is a lot harder to answer. I got it a couple of times this week. John, is America over? I'm looking at America and what's happening. Is it over? Straight talk with you. America, as you know it right now, right here, is over. This is the end of the chapter. This is the end of the chapter of the 2020s. It's not the end of America. I know people will lead, oh, well, look, you know, Biden's got power. He's got the House and the Senate for the next two years. They're going to ram through so much stuff. Okay. Then fight them. The only way you turn into a communist country is if everyone goes, America's done. I'm done. See you later. I'm out. It's the only way you become a communist country. The future has yet to be written. You have, you are, make no mistake, America has turned and ended a chapter. And maybe has ended a storybook. But that doesn't mean there's not a sequel. America can still come back from this. America can still return to its greatness. America's best days can still be ahead of it. That's not in dispute. The question is, will your people make the hard work? Will they make the sacrifices and will they fundamentally understand the principles that got you to become an exceptional country in the first place? 
Because here's where I won't lie to you. If you think you can operate like you've operated over the last 4, 6, 8, 10, 20 years and think everything's going to be fine, you're wrong. If nothing else, I don't know what will happen to your country if you continue acting that way, but I can guarantee you one thing. It might happen in a year, it might happen in 10 years. You will go bankrupt. And it will not be a pretty bankrupt. You owe what, $27 trillion? When Bush left office, it was 5.6. Or sorry, 9.6. When Bush got into office in 2000, it was 5.6 trillion. It's now 27 trillion. That's 20 plus trillion in 20 years. Do the maths. That's not sustainable. You can't continue acting as business as normal. You can't continue going down the cult of personality and parties and sides and tribes. That won't work. You may have some success for a while, but it won't last. It won't be meaningful. And you will definitely not be an exceptional nation. What you need to do now more than ever is to find out who you are, to look at what made you successful, and to work and to strive to become that once again. And over the coming weeks, that's what we're going to do. We are going to make the case, not for Americanism, not for Trumpism, not for Republicanism, not for Democraticism, not for Bidenism, not for Bushism, not even for Reaganism. What we are going to make the case is not for people. We are going to make the case for principles and restoring the American Constitution. And that starts with you, the American people. And that is where I finish up today's show. By saluting the real heroes in society. Your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, your vets. But lastly, I salute you, the American people, the secret sauce. The future of America is in your hands. Why? Because of the sentiments of Tocqueville. America is great because Americans are good. Americans are great. America is great because Americans are good. It's about your people, not about who has power in D.C., not who is president, not who is in power. It's because of your people. It is because of your idea. And that is what we're going to work to restore. Until next Saturday at 12 noon Eastern, have a beautiful and blessed week. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. On the Blaze Radio Network.